Yo, let's talk about recognition and respect While I feast, the label's picking up the check Then I leave to catch my set The audience never forgets When I'm on stage, their serotonin drips With each phrase from my lips Each riff that he rips What's up? Thank you for tuning in to Recognition and Respect with your boy Sneaky here on the La Clica Podcast Network. If you're tuning in to the Recognition and Respect feed, I ask that you go and subscribe to La Clica Podcast so that you can get all the updated episodes. As I re-release season one, I will be putting my adventure times, current events, and all things that are popping in the daily on those uh, re-releases of the old episodes. And I'll pretty much be just doing straight up conversations for the new episodes, unless I'm by myself. So uh, for today's episode, uh, we have a local legend from Boyle Heights, Viva Mezcal. And uh, I just want to point out a few things here at the top. He is He did come on the podcast to promote his show that he's doing, Long Live Peyote, his full album with an eight-piece band at the Paramount, which is a historic venue here in Islos. So right off the top, if you want to go to the show, check out the description. I put the uh, link to the Eventbrite for the tickets. I also linked his album on Spotify. And uh, we talk about how I'll be dropping some new stuff. So if you're listening to this, you're actually going to get an exclusive listen. So I dropped a link to my song, the private link on SoundCloud. So if you check out the description, you can uh, hear my unreleased track that uh, is going to be coming out on February 14th. But uh, other than that, this uh, conversation was super dope. Uh, me and Mezcal don't go way back in the traditional sense, um, but at this point in his eight-year journey, uh, we've done a lot of work together. My crew and his crew, as you'll hear at the end of the conversation, have done some work together in the last year. And uh, at this point, I feel like I've known this dude a long time and I've been following his journey and it was super dope to get a chance to talk to him. I really feel like we did a comprehensive for his fans and for new people who don't know about him, who are going to get introduced to this podcast. um, We went through his whole journey from Mickey Miranda to Mezcalito to Viva Mezcal. And we talked about all kinds of experiences and him coming up. And then we got into the album and the band and the show and why it means so much. And then at the end, my boy Face jumped in and uh, we did a whole segment on Europe and New York and just the crazy life of L.A. rappers traveling the world. And uh, honestly, it's a super dope conversation. I had a great time. I'm recording this intro on Tuesday, January 7th. We had the conversation yesterday on monday january 6th and the show is going down on wednesday january 15th so trying to put this out asap to help them promote again check out the links in the description for the record the show and my unreleased track without further ado here is viva mezcal on recognition and respect peace so i'm in the studio right now with a local legend (laughs) <laughs> why the face isn't that the whole point that's like you're that's you've been working really hard to have that status so the, the legend's still getting ridden but you know it, i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it then twice on sunday there we go. <laughs> for sure hey try to talk uh into the mic yeah like, we're right here right yeah right like i'll look let into me, it yeah for me, sure let me adjust yeah 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 sorry about that there Should've we go done that check before 
that good right there you hear me not loud and clear is that oh true? yeah it's beautiful now like, jet, the jet, waves jet. look all nice and shit you know there yeah we even go. go higher oh that's even better yeah 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 be rough all right th- there Ooh, we go nice now now we're cooking all right cool so uh i'm hoping to introduce you to a new audience obviously you have your your day ones and all your fans and everybody following the EOTR Boyle Heights movement, but I'm hoping to get you some new folks listening. So why don't we just start with the super basic, tell the people who you are and what do you do when you could be as esoteric or literal as you want to get. Well, I am Viva Mezcal and I do hip hop. Um, yeah, music. Uh, I was formerly known as Mescalito. That was my fir- one of my first rap names. And before that, it was Mickey Miranda. So <laughs> those are my mixtape days. You Did know you actually saying? go by Mickey Miranda? Like yeah. That was your, you were going like, I I'm just going like, to use my name. Like Fuck three mixtapes like that. For sure. Just on some like Kanye West was like, <laughs> Kanye was the shit at this time, you know? Right. Were you rocking polos too? And oh, oh, everyone <laughs> in high school with the polos, bro. Come on. I was I never did the double polo though. Double, double polo? You never seen one? No, the I first, never saw the double polo. Like the frat boy look, where like there was literally two polos with the with the collars pop. So they were like popping. Yeah, it was like layers like a of green poppage. and a, like a green and then a, a white one under that one. Well, I'm like, glad I missed that one. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was questionable. If we we'll see that that picture now down the line, For sure. <laughs> uh, so what made you want to become mezcalito and then eventually mezcal? What was that? Did, like, did you wake up one day, or was there like a bunch of people around you telling you, "Hey, you, you just can't do your own name. You're not Kanye West." What was that conversation? Oh like? no, nah, I, I kind of just wanted to start somewhere, and like Mickey Miranda just seemed the easiest, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Mescalito that came about through actually had a mixtape called Mescalito Three Dimensions, and I got the name from a Hunter S. Tom Thompson um, book, and there's a chapter called First Visit with Mescalito. So Hunter S. Thompson is this crazy writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Right, right, Johnny right, right. Depp played him. So, you know, he's had a little background on him. Psychedelics, yeah, yeah. yeah he so. um, invented gonzo journalism. Exactly. Did all kinds of crazy shit on the campaign so, trail. I, that. I, like, that was my, like, I really love that movie. I really love his, got me into his writings. You were even him for, like, uh, like Halloween one year, right? Like, the last nine years in a row I've been <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson on Halloween and just try to trip out on drugs that night. It's pretty fun my tradition so mezcalito and then you didn't want to be a ito anymore you it was mezcal, like or? it's time to get rid of that ito bro it's like I'm i can't little be anymore. i'm not little i'm getting bigger eh? <laughs> um, <can't> be ito, <laughs> no i mean it, it was a business decision at the end of the day because mezcalito that has its own um like folklore around it like it's its own little following like if you look up mezcalito there's a band there's djs there's tracks there's okay, okay. art so that was just calculation that and wasn't so was like, like yeah and like of... evolution like if i keep this name i'm always gonna share it and if i say viva mezcal there's nothing out and there's no and i'm still celebrating my old name right so it's just like someone is like crooked eye being like now you're gonna call me king crook like okay king whatever yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah, everyone yeah, call yeah, him yeah, king yeah. right so it's like now you're gonna say long live me Oh. And that's pretty much what everybody says and writes. Right. And that's powerful. 
I, f- I feel you. You know? Yeah, that's dope. Not well. I mean, I didn't really know. You know? Because like people even King still call Schneeky. you mezcalito, right? Like it's still like <laughs> a, a like a throwback, like homie love. Like yeah, like the day ones will still will still right. do that. You know? And then, but Viva Mezcal is kind of like what? And why 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 do people in your crew call you mezcal? Is that like mezcal? Is like is that like is there a story behind I, that? No, I think you know. Food, however motherfuckers want to say it, you can say the name. Go for it. I'm not going to correct you as long as you don't butcher it. And people have got better. Okay. Because yeah. I got my name butchered early, especially Mezcalito. Oh, let's give it up for Mes- Mezcalito. 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 I'm like, what the I fuck? I think uh, Viva Mezcal is a little bit, like, like when you look at it, okay, you know Viva, everybody knows Viva, right? And right. You can't really fuck up. Me- it's Mezcal, Mezcal. Or, or fools would just say Viva. Like, you know, some fools would just like really just leave it that short. Because they're like, I'm uh, not even going to try to fuck it up. Like, it's going to be a uh, sign of respect. What up, right? Viva? I'm just like, cool, bro. I I'm, guess. Not, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i looked up your soundcloud and i don't know even i don't know the last time you even used soundcloud your bio on there says uh mezcalito is an idea mm. uh and then there's something about like hip-hop is the it, something or other yeah. yeah i wrote it it's yeah, his, yeah. it's his expression <laughs> boyle heights is his playground <laughs> yeah, and, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on dog so i know I, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure like some people are like oh i haven't even looked at that shit i don't know what it says so like what is this idea of mezcalito or like what was it when you wrote that you know well i mean it when i wrote that it's just me understanding that music in itself is re-identifying yourself and reinventing yourself and there's a power that music and hip hop in particular has because, you know, no one is who they say they are in a sense. You know what I mean? You right. create this alter ego or this other persona. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was me saying that, like, Mezcalito is just an idea I have that I could be this person. Then me trying to live up to that person is the quest of my now my life trying to do that you know what i mean it's almost like you created the shoes and now you're trying to fill them i mean i think that's what we all try to do really we all pump ourselves up and big ourselves up just trying to kind of like get the courage and get the the will in the beginning you know what i mean if you don't think you can do it and believe in yourself and actually say i'm gonna be the biggest rapper from Boyle heights that anyone's ever known or whatever that yeah of course if you don't pump yourself up you're never gonna actually be able to do that right you gotta believe it before you can actually do it so right and i mean there's a there's like a good uh there's a good um like balance to knowing your limitations at the same time Right. You don't want to be someone who's like just super full dreamer, of, full of like, shit. Yeah. Like I can, I can knock out the heavyweight champ. Put him right here, you know. Like <laughs> shut up, fool. Like you yeah. fool working, you know. Or like <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can beat the best chess player, and these fools ain't that good. Or, you know, someone who's like that. Like no, nah, don't be that guy. But at the same time, in the beginning, you're not. You know, it's hard to get off the ground. And if you need to pump yourself up a little. Don't be the other dude who's shitting on the dude who's just trying to pump himself up. Know the difference. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? So. Well, I mean, in your journey, though, I bet you've come across both types, right? And so, like, how do you know when someone is, like, trying to have that healthy, just trying to pump themselves up to do something dope, and they're just full of shit? Like, like, what are the red flags for that? I mean, you don't know until you know someone, really, but track record, bro. I mean, it's just you look at someone's track record. If someone's, like, really, you know not not about the stuff that they're saying they are and the the past proves it as well such as certain things would be true 
if that were true you know what i mean right. like there's like an equation to yeah, it yeah like that. you can't tell me this but then i don't see this it's like come on and if and then and then if it is this or that you shouldn't have to explain it mm-hmm. like if you have a certain amount of clout or or a certain amount of this or that that sometimes people just try to fabricate it would be more apparent where like people wouldn't really have to say it you know or um you wouldn't have to say it for yourself you know like right your reputation would precede, precede you. you. Yeah, yeah. that's and, why that's a saying, right? Because right. it's supposed to be true. Like, you yeah, sh- you should know who you're fucking with. If they're, if they say who they are, if they are who they say they are, you're gonna know, right? Yeah, and, and this stuff, like, it has history. Music has. We all come into it, LA music, and especially um, as being an artist from here. And there's history. We come in like, hey, we don't know really anything, and then you kind of learn, like, hey, this person's been at it for this long. This person's been doing this, you know, and you're. You could see like this person's seen some certain types of success. This person's kind of struggled for a while or this person's done this. And, and you start learning kind of and being a part of it, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, it's, but you uh, have to come trip. in with a certain level of like humility and open to learning, like glass kind of glass, not overflowing, like, you know, willing to receive. Right. I feel like right, a absolutely. lot of cats come in and they're like, we run the scene. We, we know the culture. It's like, yeah. oh, you weren't even here a year ago. Like, yeah. how are you going to, you know, so they, like a balance, right? Healthy, both of them, like trying to pump yourself up, but still recognizing where you're at and all of that. Right. Right. So you've been doing this like seven to eight years eight years is kind of like the number that i've heard from my research <laughs> or, or research <laughs> research shows yeah. seven to eight years so like that's what 2012 yeah is that when like mezcalito or was that mickey miranda or was that viva mezcal or is, where's the timeline for all of that i think by then it's mezcalito for okay. sure um but that's around the time where i started shedding like my mixtape days you know or like my early days of just putting out random tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I started trying to put together actual Wild Thought projects. And in 2013, that was like a little milestone because I put out um, Said and Done, The Blurry Journey, which was a mixtape, you know, I, I a bunch of beats I downloaded, right, a right, couple right. of them like off YouTube of beat tapes. Or... Yeah, like, but it was a little more Wild Thought than my past stuff where I kind of was just rhyming over anything, There was you like know? a concept kind yeah, of, yeah, like, like a, a, a specific like sound. A, a mixtape in, yeah. in a sense of like... A, like the, almost a, like the album A street project, of, a street yeah, album, yeah, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I really took my time with it and it 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 was like an achievement in itself, you know, just putting it putting out that project and this and that. And through that, I was able to meet like... Mad Max, I met Don't Sleep, I met Killatech, I met all the fools I'm in the crew with now. Pretty so much just post like, that project. So historically in your with your journey, that project meant a lot. Like that 2012 to 2013 landmark, yeah. not just for your music, but also the coming together of EOTR and all that was right. around that time. Right. And so um I've I've read and I heard uh that you were trying to change the perception of Latino hip hop, right? And um, Mad Max has also mentioned like y'all are not Chicano rappers. So what does that like mean? Perception of Latino hip hop? And let me just throw off a couple questions, and then I'll just wind you up, and you can go. So like, what do you mean by change the perception? And do you feel like 
now Boyle Heights is quote unquote on the map? Or like, what's the difference now do you feel that you've made? And this might be a little, you have to jerk yourself off a little bit right here because I'm asking you to. But let, me, let me get the jerking ready. <laughs> Some of the, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. So like, what's the difference you think you've made? And like, how, like, what, like, can you, do you notice that there has been a change in perception? Or do you feel like, like, what's that, what's that movement been like? And how have you, how have you been received? And, you know, where do you think you're at now compared to 2013 when this was right. first starting? Um, good question. Uh, I think yes, yes, we have changed the perception. I helped change it because I've seen it firsthand change on people's face, change on A and R's who heard us overseas or people who saw us rock in front of Merce or you know shows we've done and other stuff like where people are like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that from some cats from East Los, you know or um maybe have a closed mind on what we should or, or or are about to look and sound like and then see me acting goofy and fucking whatever weird and then saying some politically charged but clever stuff that's not all up its own up its own ass in a sense you know um i don't know like i I feel it because I know nine years ago, eight, nine years ago when I started, 10 years ago when I first started thinking about it, um, there wasn't a, a lot of stuff going on on my side. Like, I looked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I would see online another artist who would claim to be Chicano rap or claim to be from my area. Like, oh, you know, the east side and 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 this is how it goes down and using the culture and the look and some of the stuff but they weren't really from there they just really were not from the area didn't grow up that way they, they didn't they, they didn't know blood anything and, blood out and they, and they like, came through and, and, good now. And, and yeah and i mean people embraced it in a way and now and i wanted to be like yo um it it's even if you're cool with that that's cool i'm not hating on that but there's so much more to it like, like, I just wanted to, to try to tell different narrative mm-hmm. from a different perspective. It still a, a requires the same stuff. You know what I mean? I'm still rapping about the same stuff that's going on in the east side, but it's just from a different set of eyes, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I, I like to think I have. And is Boyle Heights on the map now? I don't know, you know? <laughs> I, I, I think... I think it's far from where it's gonna be, but it's definitely in a better spot than it's probably ever been. From a music standpoint, from like a cultural standpoint right now, like Boyle Heights controls its own destiny in a lot of ways that a lot of other places just don't. Yeah, which is why you have groups like Defend Boyle Heights and also like, you know, a lot of, I don't want to say hip, but that's like the word, you know, like espacio, like all that stuff that's going down right there on first next to the studio and like on the plaza and yeah. like chelas and like, all that. Like, all we, like there's like a re. We're fucking bad motherfuckers, you know? dog. We're some yeah. chingones. Like that's just how it is. Like peop, the, there's a lot of dope stuff going on, B- bars and and art spots and people who are making powerful content and stuff. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and making yeah, yeah. an effect and and then you kind of see that effect ripple through different you know communities that are similar mm-hmm. you know and ex- it extends through la and you're like whoa the shit we do here happens to have a ripple effect on the other side of the city like right. like that's crazy and then i wanted to just kind of draw myself in there it's not like i created it like no i just happened to be born in this crazy area of the city that has history a, a and lot of story and, yeah. yeah and i wanted to tap into that you know and 
is that kind of how EOTR happened? Like, were a lot of those cats on the same vibe? Are are all of them from the Boat Heights area? I'm not even I know I'm not even super sure on all that. How did that? I mean, I know y'all met and obviously musically, right? Y'all jive, but like, did that same perception change? Did they have some of those same motives? Is like that kind of brought that group together? And I why think, even put together a group? I, Aren't groups like hard to maintain? Like all the personalities and the scheduling and yeah. the work ethic and well, all that. Like, how does that all come together? I think like the EOTR, you know, um, idea definitely became something that the other people in the crew felt home with and felt like, okay, this gives me a direction to kind of propel some of my ideas. They have their own individual ways of going about it, you know? But I do know that like, at least the basis of it has been able to be some a vehicle, you know, mm-hmm. for Zay to be heard by more people. And in, in then return, she throws it in her raps here and there, might sing a little bar about it. But it it may it may not run as deep as as what what some of my perspective on the east side, but shoot, Boyle Boyle Heights has adopted all of them. Right. You know, like <laughs> yeah. people there's fools now that I grew up with that are homies with Mad Max now for years. And he grew up just in Monterey Park, you know, so it's like right there. His his yeah, family yeah, yeah. always came to the east side right here and vice versa. We go to Monterey Park to go to Elac. We go to fucking go to the hat. We go to go and do this. We we, yeah, you, definitely, we definitely. mess around on this side, you know, and it's we all kind of like cross uh, pollinate. And, and that's that's more than what I wanted, more than a group, because technically we're not a group. We've never put out a group record ever. You won't hear ELTR song. You know what I mean? Like and that was kind of. You know, predicated by myself, I made sh- I've made sure that that kind of stood that way because I didn't want us to jump into some shit like we're this group, you know, like like we're not. We're a collective of artists, individuals. So that then, like, why do something. people quote unquote leave? Right? Didn't you just have a member leave, or like have there been members that left? Like, who's in? Who's part of the collective as of January twenty twenty? I think like a lot of times it's perception of what people will attach as the group. So whatever like people's public feel like, oh, you guys are a group like Wu-Tang. You guys are this to me. You are this and you should be that. And it's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Because if we were that, it would have been that, you know, like we're not. We're something completely different, but that's OK. We'll make it work our way. You know, um, I think with the don't sleep thing, I think we just drift. You drift apart from sometimes from people. And it is better to just go your separate ways at times, you know. <clears throat> as far as like friendships and homies like we're still cool everything's kosher but you know music it's a lot of mouths to feed you know a lot of shit to go around and sometimes there's just not enough shine there's not enough time to get everyone their their playing time you know what i mean yeah and um, so you think it, well i mean i don't want to like speculate too much but was that one of the things like people are not getting no. the EOTR spotlight <clears throat> enough or they need to like do their own thing to you, feel like they need to get they got to get their own crowd and have their own fans and you know like I don't have the answer to say like what it necessarily is for that particular thing like with don't sleep I will say like he obviously wanted to do his own thing he expressed that and now he, now he's going to do his own thing you know what I mean um and with, everybody was like high fives like 
supportive, wanting him to like be on that tip, or was it kind of like, dang, don't leave us, like we well, did this shit together? You know, to be honest, like you have mixed emotions. That's what I'm saying. Like it's still kind of in the processing. Mm-hmm. It's not stored and shelved yet. You know what I mean? Right. It's still kind of TBD. Um, personally, I do feel like, you know, if someone, I always push people to do their individual thing. If that means individual by, hey, you need to announce, okay, I'm only solely going to move individually and not be attached to this group because being with the group requires own own stuff and maybe limitations to what you feel you can do. Then by all means, means, of of course, because we have no binding thing and we've never been like that. Even in a sense where fools are like, yeah, you know, this is fucking, uh, you know, say another hip hop crew, like this gang gang, like this is our crew, this is... We fucking ride or die. Like, no, like, honestly, we're a collective of of, art, of artists. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as EOTR goes. Right. You know what I mean? The individual connection you have with someone else, that's where you will ride or die and be with someone and the loyalty that you have, you know? And that extends past just the crew with other people. For me, personally, within my network that I have great relationships with than other people in my crew that I spend a lot more time with that we're just cool on music shit and we just grind together. Right, right, right. You know it's what I mean? Le- just levels to yeah, like yeah. relations and connections and, and how people work together. But at the end of the day, it, it's all been, honestly, like lo- um, a lot of loyalty, even though someone might see and be like, oh, you, how are you being loyal if you're doing this and that? Like, that's internal. We've always been loyal to each other. We've always showed each other the utmost respect, which is important as far as like, we don't we don't lie, steal, steal fucking do stuff where yeah, 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 you're yeah. gonna have a grudge with someone for a real reason, you know? For yeah, the like most part, have disagreements and shit. That doesn't yeah. mean they don't respect each other. Exactly, dude. And I think like as long as we've always maintained that, and me personally, I've, that's always been important to me, you know, because of where I grew up and how I grew up. Um, so I mean, I could look back and be like, there's not many people in my musical history in this whole time that we didn't like part ways or say peace and in, in in like a respectful like yo dude right, you know? right, right. even and if like, it's like i ain't, be cool I ain't fucking with like yeah it's well you know see you at the top bro what else can we say you know like yeah 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 it's all love it's all love so um on that topic of love and like uh just something that i've heard you say in a couple of things even like the gems of the day that you'd be dropping this kind of idea that like um the younger generation and like helping now passing down knowledge almost like a it's bigger than hip-hop type of thing and like is that something that came from the way you grew up and the fact that like you've had a list of people who've obviously like lend you a helping hand put you on put you on in places like do you feel like you got to pay that forward and how long did it take for you to get to that point? Because I feel like when you first started, when you were Mescalito in 2013, you weren't trying to, like, hook everybody up, right? So, like, where did that transition happen? Where you became, like, the big boss, like, you know, facilitator, Viva Mescal. Right. Um, I don't know, like, it's always kind of been in my nature because I'm the oldest brother of four. You know, I have two younger brothers. So as soon as I learned something, I taught them. And I usually learned it the hard way. And so I didn't want them to learn the same hard way that I did. And some people be like, oh, you coddle people, you do. Cause you know, like since the beginning, I, since when I first learned to mix master rap, every, like, when I'm the, you know, finally started getting the skills, I always did all my homie stuff for free. I always recorded, I always had four or five foods, you know, I was working on their projects before EOTR, you know, there was Vibes the Illest, Dodger Blue, Gin and Juice, Shadow Black, 
couple of other homies that I had a full-on ELTR crew before that was kind of ELTR of cats I was helping and just trying to get them to, to you know, elevate progress and, and level, elevate, yeah. you know. I think that's just always been in my nature because I've kind of been a, a student of there's no, like, wasted effort. You know what I mean? Like, you believe in something, you put energy towards it. Sometimes you may not see the results right then. Even it may take months, years for you to see some type of return or some type of payback, I guess. But, but you never do it for those reasons, right? Right. And and then when you get it back, when it does, it's never like you're like waiting. Where's I helped 10 people today. Where's my good deed going to have? You know, like where's my golden blowjob from the heavens? You know, it's like it don't work that way. But every now and again, you know, people have blessed me. And, and even times where I had an abundance of good looks and blessings and i and, and i try to spread them around or at the minimum teach someone else teach a man a fish you know what i mean because mm -hmm. no one can tell me not and now i'm gonna go on my rant here goes my rant no one can tell me anything and that's why i never feel really too bad when i say like take something away from someone like yo i'm, I'm not gonna do this you know like my generosity has a limit because no one gave me anything right. and no one can give you anything or take it away. It's a decision you make to then go and do the necessary things you need to get your shit in order. Like no one can live for you at the end of the day. Right. You know what I mean? And no one can expect you to continue to do stuff for them. Like at some point you're going to have to pass, right? Like, hey, man, I, I, I got love for you, but I'm about to pass. And, on this and that individual is going to get to a point where they're done asking they're done needing you know what i mean like yeah like i'm done that's i mean that's all that's my journey's been about my first show where i dropped said and done the blurry journey the 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 location canceled and my homie who i was expecting to get me my spot let me down and i booked all these people i spent all this money yada yada complete disaster and failure and i had egg all over my face like i had like, I just look like a fool, you know what I mean? But I, I played it off, you know, you shit-eating grin, you, you eat that shit, you're just like, <laughs> all good. Yeah, yeah. But I vowed in my motherfucking core to never need another individual for a venue or for for a booking. And that was like me at, you know, 2016 is a 23-year-old, 24-year-old me, like, fuck that. I don't give a fuck. I'll never need anyone. And it took me on the wildest journey making that decision. Right. I worked at the Boulevard for almost two years. Yeah, I, I worked at Al Compadre. Yeah, and at that spot too. I right. went to freaky bars you would never even know. I booked my own stupid shows in from Ballingham to Mexicali, homie. Like, because I made a decision that I wouldn't need anyone else for better or for worse. Now, seven years later, eight years later of doing that, Come on, bro. I could talk to an owner like the back of my head. I've I've dealt with owners, venues, live scenarios. Like I'm not saying I'm fucking know it all. I'm not the roadie for the for ACDC. You know what I mean? Like, right, but right, right. but I got eight solid years of of doing it of disaster. Of the hard oh way. yeah, of paying dues. Yeah. So if I could help some kid who's 22 who can just learn to shut the fuck up, listen to what I'm telling him, humble himself, come right. Do all the things that I had to learn the hard way, I could teach them the game in, a, in less than a year and be booking all these spots that I'm booking now and doing all the shit that 32-year-old Mezcal is doing, but at 23, 24. You know, and like another cat we had in the crew was Ganesha. He quit the crew right before pay dues, right before the Novo, 
and right before we went overseas. He's a 20, 20 year old kid. He just couldn't hang with our shit talk and our rapid way of moving and our aggression at that time. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do my own thing. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this environment. And I understood. I was like, you know what, dude? Maybe we. I, I, you know, I look at myself and be like, you maybe know, there was a lot of pressure. Maybe, yeah, we, like, maybe, maybe I, mean, I could have done better. Like, maybe yeah. we could have spoke to him. In a, if you know he's twenty, maybe you talk. Right, to him right, right, right. But still, that decision, you know, if he, if he had just been able to just, you know, maybe just buck up and just, yeah, you know what, I, I'm gonna power, power through this shit. It literally could have taken him around the world. Now, not to say he can't get there on his own now, but maybe he's gonna be twenty nine when he does it like me, or maybe twenty six. I don't know, but. There was an opportunity there. Right, right. That's and just one of those examples of like, there's paths, right? You make decisions, you go down different paths, they take you different places. And it's no right or wrong. It's just, it is what it is. Right. You know? Right, right. And, but you know, no one really gave me that. I had to learn and, and work through this way. And it was ultimately a decision that I had to, to make, you know? So how much do you think at this point right now is the percentages between music and business? Because I know you're very business oriented and you make a lot of moves with like different shows and you know different avenues of income i know you even said on the other one like you sold flowers you've done taxes you've done all kinds of shit right so like how much just for folks listening who don't know right who are not in the driver's seat of their own musical destiny like what does that look like as far as like how much you're bouncing out business and making music um for me personally i probably have a bad balance and i really need to get to it because it's like 80% other shit, you know, business and other shit, right. and then 20% music. Um, I don't know, but my process works good that way. I'm right, a, I, I store, takes, right? yeah, I store scenarios and, and info and songs and hooks while I'm working on other stuff. If I would try to work on it directly, I probably, you know, it's harder. It might not get done because you got all kinds of other shit in your head that you're trying and to And then when out. I'm working on this other shit, I'm like hearing gems. I hear things and, you know, you're talking to, I'm talking to so-and-so about some other stuff and I'm like, yeah, this is that. Da, 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 da. Oh, damn. That's, that's, a hook. that's a dope little hook right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's this. Or you hear stories and scenarios and, you know, that are amazing. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you'll hear a story and you're like, fuck, that's, that could be a movie, that story you just told me, you know? And right. like, but we'll make it a song. We'll make it, it a, yeah, you know, or, or we'll make it into a music video. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, whoa, well, yeah, well, that, man, that sounds dope, you know? And I, I try to take from that, especially now. That's been my wave now. Um, but, yeah, I think 50-50 should be, it should be. You want to get to 50-50. Is that where you want to get to? 60-40 realistically. 60, 60 business. Oh, 60 business. Yes, yes. Musicians, musicians. Yeah. It's always going to be more business, homie. I'm sorry. It's the music business. That's yes. I'm half so, the term. It, it, if you're lucky, 50-50. The, the even the top fools are lucky to get 50 50 for the most part if you're doing your job right it, you're going to be like that's 70 30 60 40 because success begets all these things that get you away from your music more songs mean a hit song means more shows more content more interviews more time away from your friends family and all the things that you think are holding you back from your hit like no that hit's gonna fucking be the thing that takes up a gang of your time or that attention or that placement. You know what I mean? Cause we all know how it is. You get the minute you got some buzz, a lot of a lot of new opportunities pop up. 
So speaking of opportunities, like I've mentioned, there's been a lot of peeps like MERS, um, Felipe Esparza, Vel, who's going to be on the show with you, which we're about to get. We're about to transition into that because I know that's why you're here. But I wanted <laughs> to get all this background. I'm fucking, I have my own gems, you know. You, you'll have gems from this story that you can, from this podcast that you could put out probably a whole year worth. But um, how does... Obviously, Felipe, that's like family, like you didn't really plan that one, right? But some of these other folks, like, how do you meet, you know, how, like for those artists out there, like, how do you meet people? Is it just about being at the right place, the right time? Can, is there something that you can actually control to actually get into the room with those folks? Like, what's what's that avenue look like? Because obviously you need help. No one, no one does it alone, right? And anybody who does probably full of shit, so... Huh. Right. When you're looking for your networking opportunities and you're trying to get those conversations like how does what does that work look like um i think that work ah, it's it's kind of a hard question to, to answer because it, it's a bunch of the little things it is like be seen be heard go out there shake hands do all these things They're, they are they are very fundamental and you have to be built like that already doing them but really what it comes down to is the strength of your art we're all artists making art that's the one thing we relate to it you know what i mean I'm, i mean we're human i relate to felipe on a human level on MERS, on, on all these people we you know they're regular ass people but what why the reason we're in the room because we all make art and and even chef mario right he's, even he's chef mario bro with food right oh bro talk to that guy he's a walking inspiration that guy i mean you'll be charged after you know after a few minutes with Mario, you know, like, he's like me. Just get him going, but once don't get him going too much because then, then you, you, the you yeah, up. then you'll be right there like three hours like, oh, shit, I'm exhausted now. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, you're making art, so you want to make your art the very best you can and make sure that you're giving it a fighting chance and getting it its own buzz and its own things. Like, people aren't going to just connect with you because it's a cool thing to do. Like you, this is the business of it. There's this thing, like it's it's like this uh, energy almost. I'm trying to get a grit, grasp of, you know, um, but it's like this alignment of business interest and creative interest, where they finally kind of harmonize. Because always creatively, what you want to do will never make sense businessly a lot of times. Because music costs so much to do. So you're looking for that like Venn diagram. Yeah. That little like, sweet spot. Or that moment where the BPMs line up. Mm -hmm. Like like promo lined up with the video shoot with the sponsor who paid for this and then that with the this and that and this. And they all went beep, beep, beep at the same beat. So it felt good creatively and we were able to make some business off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's not easy at all. But No, it sounded like fucking trying to match up roller coasters or some yeah, shit. Yeah, bro. Because it, it, a lot of sometimes, too, the things that will help you businessly, you you may not care for them creatively. Right. It might actually drain you of your creative yeah, I mean, juice. Hey, I love having shit. a live studio, but damn, having a book, rock band after rock band and rehearsals and cleanups and this. It starts to be like, whoa, how's my fucking business? And I, but I made money, so the business is looking good. But now my creative side is feeling drained, and yeah. and I feel like, damn, I haven't done nothing in a minute. And now I need to rush to put out this song because I feel like, man, ain't no one heard me. And dude, I trust me, I, I'm I'm there. I've been there. I'm there. And yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, we are That's all that, 20 that artists. We're talking about yeah. Yeah, man. Like we're all artists, you know. All right, so we're going to switch gears into the next portion where we talk about long live the peyote. <laughs> 
So would you call this your first album or like what separates this from past projects? Like obviously this is not the 2013 Mezcalito uh, Hood album, right? This is something completely different. So how do you characterize this record for you and congratulations by the way it's, it's a year already right yeah so thank you congrats on that and i rewatched a lot of the videos and you know there's there's a lot of dope content and the look and the feel and everything is very intentional and it it, it, it all fits together you know which is always when you're making a record that's always something you know when you're trying to make a complete thing it, you want it to all feel like it makes sense and it fits together and i think you did that but like what separates this from everything before um it might be the most grown-up version of me which is exciting uh for me personally now kind of looking at it like hey i kind of grew in that one and everything was on some big boy shit like it was well, more well thought and more well placed, and you know we put our money where where our, where our art was and where our heart was. Um, so I mean that's why it feels so special. I really feel like it was the continuation of of the 2013 project in a way, because the things I wanted to accomplish then that I was kind of scratching the surface at, I was really able to accomplish with this one. Even the music videos like Mi Vida Nueva and um, All Facts, those were shot by Moses Israel. Moses Israel works with A+, and A+, did all of TDE's videos coming up. Moses introduced me to Hobson. He's introduced me to Anderson Pack, to, to you know, um, Tech 9 and different, different cats. He saw the Peyote Cactus video. That drew his interest. He went, whoa, this is dope. Like, these guys are pretty good. He even told me, he's like, this should look dope. I want to help you take it to the next level. That was off the single of the project. I went, wow, the single got this attention. I got this big name cat who knows what he's doing with all these, like, we need to make this happen for these videos. Being able to like believe in myself and be like, you know what, Double, like get this money, let's make these moves. Whoever we got to hit up, let's hit them up. Like, you know, to make these videos happen in such a short window of time. I'm just, I look back and I'm like, damn, I'm glad I made that decision. It's a decision, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna pull this trigger. Cause this fool's hitting me up. This is someone who's, who's you who know. Who you want to be in the room with, and you want to be in that circle, and you who, want your name. Twenty thirteen Mescal would have killed to work with, you right. know. Who would in wildest dreams probably wouldn't have thought that he would have hit him up. Exactly. So it's like, listening to that guy, you know, or like imagining six years ago, like fuck, when I used to say, oh, if only we had the whole dope ass camera and the setup and all this. Now it's like, oh man, we got that. Oh, how did how did this manifest, you know? Um, now, like, don't waste it. You know what I mean? And now that going in my brain. But at the same time, I knew those things can come and go. So I, I sometimes you just got to move quick yeah, on it. Yeah, you pass on it, and then you don't get that shot again. Exactly. Like, if I, oh, nah, Moses, you know, bro, I can't, I can't really afford a $3,000 video right now. And, you know, as much as... And this was used to shooting $40,000 videos, but and he's going to do mine for three connect, yeah, yeah, so it's like, we're going to get everything that looks like a major vi video for, like, a penny on the... You know, pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you're going to walk away on that. The, no, the, no, the word no didn't even materialize in my brain's brain, bro. That's how I knew it was time. Like, you start making those strides when it becomes necessity, when you can't imagine anything else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not always like that. I doubt, I doubt myself. Every, every human does. But I'm just like, 
glad that that decision, whatever Kool-Aid I was drinking or whatever the fuck it was, I was like, let's do it. This is that moment. Let's let's make it happen, you know? But now do you feel like you can't go back now? Like the next video, like all the videos from here on out are going to have to be that level, that quality with that kind of name attached to it? Or <clears throat> are you giving yourself like some lead? Like, you know, how does that how does that plan out for future things, you know? Um, I think now it's like building a a plan or to make you know, sure you can model. always do it like exactly that. Yeah. exactly like you kind of have to plan around that too plus i mean you get better at it though you get better at finding the, having those conversations how do you ask someone for for fucking two grand to shoot a video like it's not really easy you know and it's like once you do it a couple times you're like okay i know what i'm not gonna say and <laughs> i know how i'm gonna fan like how i'm gonna lay it out and fandangle and do the dance right 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 to make certain stuff happen and i hope that it becomes as easy one day to secure sponsorship and big name producers as it is now to for me to secure a venue. But but takes time. Seven years ago, fool, I'm telling you, I was like, how do I go about booking a spot? How do I do this? I would see shows and like I would ask promoters, hey bro, how do you how do you go about this? And they'd be like, oh, just talk not, to the owner. Not bro. trying to push like, you on game at yeah, all. Yeah, like man. like come on, dog. Like I'm not I don't got time for this. You know what I mean? And you know, eight, nine years ago, I didn't know Pro Tools. I ne- I do I'm like nothing nothing at all and not that I'm a whiz now but shit I know my shit right you know you and I'm I'm confident throw me in a studio I'll I'll knock it out and I've mixed and mastered all my own stuff up to this point you know what I mean and even so, long live was that you I did everything on that except one track which was done by Morning Estrada who you, who you know because yeah, he's mixed that, some, yeah that's the homie, homie the homie Morning so. yeah the homie Morning. Shouts out to him, who's an amazing engineer with oh, yeah. huge credits on him. You know, and, he, and that's one of those things where, like, he's my homie's homie. Like, they went to school together. So it's not even like I did anything to get Morning's attention. It was just like I already had Morning's number, and then it turns out Morning and, became a dope And why engineer. not, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. why not, bro? Um, have you ever done peyote? Um, no, I have not. But I've done mescaline. Which is, which the, is the key which thing well, yeah. which yeah well yeah, which is the, on, yeah. it's the it's the synthesized version the lab version of peyote you know so um which was pretty awesome i mean it's on my list for sure i'm guessing it's on your list as well oh yeah oh yeah i know that it's already gonna find me because i've already put it out there i've been offered you know yeah, you gotta yeah. come out and do some peyote with us i'm like it, it'll happen just so uh why peyote is that just because of your name and the mezcal and and or like you know like the mezcalito and the the you know going back to fear and loathing like is this like obviously you talk about weed and psychedelics you made dmt references i'm i'm guessing you've experienced you know you've experimented with your consciousness but is there something specific about peyote or is it like a cultural heritage thing or like where well, do you know well, I mean, my name from Mezcalito, I all, I mean, I dove right into that mythology because Mezcalito in itself, it's not just a word for mescaline, but it's actually a it's spirit like the deity, guide. right? Yeah, it's like it, the Wachuma, the San Pedro, that it, kind of Exactly. Yeah. So I almost felt like I'm that person for my area, for my music, more of a shaman than this, like, I'm not a politician or trying to be Mr. Clean and cut and like, nah, I'll take shaman, do drugs, tell people my spiritual visions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds, tight. sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Shamans are always the food they're looking for. Um, So, you know, the name of the album pretty much just reads my name, you know, Viva and then Mezcal and then Long Live, which is the translation for Viva and then um, Peyote, which is 
masculine essentially you know what i mean oh so it's like a play on words rapper type shit yeah, with yeah. some psychedelic shamanism as well yeah man it, it just fits well you know even the the cactus itself being a native of this area and you know the desert and southern cali and that connection with it then it extends all the way up to the entire southwest i love that i love that you know you get your palm trees and you get your cactus from my from my um Region. aesthetic yeah, yeah you know like and i i wanted to adopt that gotcha. like you know it was, it was it's it's all thought you know me um so who are you making this music for like obviously on the business side you have like a target demographic i'm sure you've thought of like oh i'm targeting 18 to 25 year olds or whatever but also like more on a artistic like more fucking intangible you know more yeah. uh like more <clears throat> metaphorically speaking like who are you making music for and like because shamans are usually about healing or trying to cure some like they're usually right they're functions of solving problems right so like well who, yeah like like you're saying right there well it solving problems yeah the, i think there's a quest for that within my music to you know solve something and i guess in a sense but in real, in a lot of ways too, it's just about finding the truth of things, and just from my journey, was in the beginning to find that truth. What's life about? What's all this and that? And it kind of evolved into I want to tell my truth and my own perspective and and uh, you know things that I seen growing up or things my ear for stuff and people happen to relate to it or certain things they relate to more than other things, you know. And then it's almost combining that feeling of that truth um, with my music and, and lyrical and artistic um, desires. I may want to write fast and this and that and that, but when you still break down my lyrics, I'm usually just saying some clever shit that's true to me. You know, like any uh, time you want to chop my shit up, it's like, I'm never really bullshitting. I'm not going to tell you I'm sh I shot someone or, you know, I got big money in the bank and, you know, or this fictional type of stuff. Like, it's never really been, that's never really been my my path, you know. It's always kind of been a, a truth that my perspective sees. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just true. Sometimes it is political. Yeah, he's right, bro. Gentrification and this and that. Yeah, 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 but at yeah. the same time, you're not going to see me on the front lines of some shit. Not because I'm not down with the people, just because... I haven't made that decision, which I'm supporting this or that. The stuff I support, I'm visual and I say that about. Other stuff, I'm just not, uh, you know, what? I, I don't know if I agree with all sides to yeah, be yeah, on yeah. this. Like, I, I usually tend to stay right in the middle. No, and everything. I'm a neutral motherfucker. Like, I, mean, I hate when it to comes say to it. But... Politics, it's all about nuance. <laughs> and that's like a lot of what we've lost is like, there's been like a very flattening of the. You're either valley. this or you're that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I don't like. Now. I it's agree like, with some of this shit. Like, nah, you can catch me in the valley over here, but I'll be on the mountain over yeah, here. Yeah, I, I tend to not trust either of you, crazy <laughs> motherfuckers. I don't want none either of you making my decisions for me, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, do you play any instruments? Um, no. Did you ever like? Were you ever interested? Did you ever take classes? Any kind of instruments? Like nothing. Like as a kid, I would uh. I was always like playing the piano or messing around in school and always trying to sing every song and learn every every you know lyric to to stuff and be in front of the crowd and kind of like a performer you know that's kind of been more my charge for it 
um, and then speaking. It it so happens my medium is music, but I wouldn't say like I'm a huge musician or anything. I just I have a good ear for music. I've even kicked it with people who have more musical training as me, but I'm like, no, nah, that's off. Or that just doesn't sound good because I'm not so connected to it that I at least get to hear that, have that ear for it, you know? But I think my, my whole thing with rap is being able to express myself with my words and with, you know, with my production of my art um, as far as producing it, making it from nothing to something, you know? That's my thrill in this shit, um, and 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 writing my bars, you know. Uh, but nah, no, no musical instruments. Well, I only man. ask because you said that uh, this show that's coming up. Which let's just plug it. What's when is it? Where's it going down? Okay, What's yeah, let's, let, you've made it this far. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is where <laughs> this is where we at. Um, while January fifteenth, I'm rocking the entire album. We're just talking about "Long Live the Peyote" with a live band featuring a, a blend of of Bands that I look up to, like the Altons and uh, the other Those band. Those are the I homies, got, by the way. Yeah. We booked them for some shit. They're dope. Shouts out to the Altons. And Brian reached out to these other two bands, uh, a couple members from them. I forget their names, but they're all super talented musicians. Super on another level, counting the beats and knowing the, every yeah, scale yeah, yeah. and everything that everything's in. And I'm like, I feel so like, whoa, who the fuck am I? Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're doing that January 15th here at the Paramount. The Paramount is a historic hip um hip hop, not hip hop. A historic venue. A historic venue that in was the east, on the east side. Yeah, on Cesar Chavez that was uh uh owned by the daughter of the Paramount studio uh owner. That's why she named it the Paramount. And like Sonny and Cher got their start there, the the Zoot Suit Boogie Woogie started there, the um some of the Zoot Suit riots and people getting taken taken out by cops. They got pictures of all that there. So there's a lot of East Side connection there. Then it became the Vex and all these punk and, and metal bands rolled through there and stuff. Um, and now it's the renovation as the Paramount. And I so happen to be the first hip hop act that they form, you know, they officially book on their return. So I'm just like, it's a big deal. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? And so you're saying this is like the culmination of eight-year dream and i'm just wondering like did you always want to play with a band and where did that love of like because the band i feel like you're making a big deal about the band and it's a big deal like i've rocked with the band i started off with the band i know how hard it is rehearsal and scheduling and when you play with dope musicians they usually want to do things like the way they know how to do it and you know it's there's a lot it takes a lot to like make it dope and i'm just wondering where that that yearning to be live with the band came from and like how far does it go and why is this such a big culmination obviously the venue's huge and the history of the venue but you're doing it like in a very unique way with the band and right. like eight pieces eight that's piece, a lot eight like piece band what, what instruments are you bringing or is that a surprise or? um no i mean we just have a three a three-piece horn section mm. on, on top of, of the, the regular of the five that you would probably yeah. get. You know what I mean? So, and that's because my music's pretty horny. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just. It, it is. I have a lot of horns in my music. I'm sorry. Horny, uh, cheesy. There we yeah, go. Horny, cheesy. There we go. Um, no, there are a lot of horns in my music, so it, we needed the not needed, but you know what I mean. We wanted to go all out, yeah. and it, it's a big deal because. 
rapping with a band is super fucking dope. It's fun. For, from an MC where you just plug in your USB or just have your the DJ spin their stuff, like it's it's a whole different monster. Um, I've had certain opportunities to rock with bands at shows impromptu or knowing my homies were going to be there back when Token Methods were doing more shows. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I booked but, them recently. Okay, so or not recently now. It's been like almost a year. But yeah, we, so yeah, we booked f- them a couple times. A yeah. few years back, we were doing, they were doing a lot of stuff and I'd jump on and, and do some shit with them. But I've never done anything like this. You know right. what I mean? And it was just to, pro- to provide something that's just special you know and like worthy of the space almost yeah yeah and really you know one of my gems was factoring the wow you know like you think a lot of times as artists we think we're doing enough but it's like man on paper it kind of looks the same as all the time and we forget like as performers or as you know business people we got to be making an offer to the public and a lot of times all we're offering is the same stuff. And so, you know, we got to challenge ourselves to do something different. And that that shit I'm conscious of. I had the I've had the Paramount available since May. You know, May, June. I mascot we could have had oh, the fucking year, summer. We could have had yeah, we could have done that shit since then. I wasn't going to just throw another little show right there, you know what I mean? Like it has to be some real real it had to be extra special. And it just so happened to line up with the one-year anniversary. I wanted to do that's it. That's those BPMs matching up. That's what I'm talking about that's, right there, That's those there, things right dude. there matching up. Like, no, no. Like, I'm saying no to the big van you want to book me. No, no. What if another artist would have came through and just did their shit? Then they're the first hip-hop act they book or something like that. And then I miss. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you, you're on that edge, you know? And it's in the back of my mind. But I've learned, hey, don't just force it either. So... It just so happened to line up, and now, boom, we're right here. Shit, just like six, nine days out, eight days out, wherever we're at. Yeah, shit, I don't even know. What day is it? It's the uh, the 7th? No, the 6th. So what, nine days? About nine days out, man. That's dope. So uh, is this band going to be something? Well, what's that like, coordinating rehearsals? with? What's that been like with I- the big band and, like, they're learning samples, right? So not everything is not always perfect. What's that? How's well, I have that? I have drastic to help with leading. You know, we're following the music and then reworking it as we go along. But it's been fun. These fools are dope. I mean, when it just when it sounds good, it sounds good. It makes your fucking head rock. You know what I mean? And I took a couple of other homies that are more musical than me and kind of got their their taste test on it. And they gave me the thumbs up like, yo, y'all are in tune like you guys have been rocking for fucking months and years with each other. I'm like, cool. It feels fucking good. And, you know, I've been going at 50 percent. Now we're getting closer. I get to go at 80, 90 percent. And my next week, the live rehearsal that, you know, the final rehearsal, we get to see how we really sound, you know. But so far we're running through and it, it's a blessing because Brian's a hell of a fucking musician. So I've kind of let him you know, talk to the band. I talk to Brian. I come in in the middle and make sure that we get in these this certain energy to it, and like and the hits and the drops and the yeah yeah, um, and it's been it's been dope, man. I'm tight. really excited. Not like on your I, face makes it like you can tell you're like really happy and proud of it, and you I, can't wait. To I like want show to just like yeah, bro. Like I really want to wow people with this, you know. 
uh, is there going to be band stuff going forward or is this like you have to come this time because it might never happen again? Has, has EOTR played around with like doing band like collective sets the way you do some of your performances sometimes? This roulette, I, EOTR roulette. There's there's no uh, plans for anything besides this for now. What may manifest? Who knows? You know, um, I would definitely already love to do something else in the future. But for now, it I guess, like I was saying earlier, it just feels good to have this one singular focus. You know what I mean? Um, of course, I am lining up other stuff. Um, you know, I, when I get some downtime and stuff, and my, my calendar is definitely circled where January 16th, you best believe I'm already hammering out a lot of major plans that will take place in March and April. Right, right, right. And, and such as releases and stuff I'll get into when it's time um but there is some shit but right now it's like bro it's, it's like you it's like you can't look past that big that big fight like nah this is the one and we gotta win this and then we and this could potentially set up you know i, I don't even want to go down right route, but it could eventually set up a residency with the whole shit with the paramount and with being able to do something real real you know long lasting on the east side with hip-hop and maybe have a home for the for for the movement for for years to come so there's a lot more riding on this than just oh here goes another show like or you know he you know here he here goes mezcal a good celebration for himself like no the bpms are lined up perfect this is a big moment for east side hip-hop in general and and moving forward like we gonna put our, our name on the map like with that with these promoters with these bookers with people who are who have their eyes on it because it ain't just the people in our scene and this and that like this is that rare one of those rare moments where you get a couple of extra people to turn their head who may you who know can open doors or yeah or or like crack open windows some shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um you mentioned something about a full touring circuit and that's something that's in the works. Oh, the dude, the dude yeah, from LA. Yeah, yeah, Damn, yeah. I said that one. Yeah, bro, he fucked I gave up. that one up. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I'm just wondering: is that like a just EOTR Eastsiders, the Eastside hip hop, or is that something that you're gonna open up to other artists and acts who you've deemed worthy? Well, I mean, I, it seems like you're gonna be a gatekeeper at that point. You know, if you're gonna establish this fucking I, using I, your name and your your track record like we were talking about earlier right that's how a lot of this stuff is able to go down is because of your track record so i'm just wondering what that looks like because if i gotta set up my own circuit then you know <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i mean what i'm trying to do is you know lay the foundation for it and start building it and it can't only work if i'm the only one doing it because that's not how all this stuff works right and that's what i've always been like I've I learned that from someone else who just taught me like just don't ever like if you're doing something you know that someone else is doing it don't mess up their flow because you feel like you they're copying you or they're doing something he's like don't impede someone like if your shit's better it'll win out and or vice versa but like let it be because in the end both of y'all will be better off for it for each other you know what mm -hmm. I mean in a sense. And well, okay, it's, it's not a scene if there's only one spot to do shit at. It's, right. It's, it's yeah. not a scene if there's only one person. It's yeah. not a scene. You need yeah. multiple hot pot points, you know? Right, right. And I, I want to establish that for... I mean, I can't do it forever, personally. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. And, and I definitely don't want to have to either, you know? So 
maybe in some way as this is some type of lay on the on the uh foundation or laying out the the groundwork for me ultimately to take a step back one day and be able to hook other people up and run a run a full circuit as a full-time gig and some management and some stuff i definitely see that in my future but i'm not i'm not thinking that far ahead yet i have a lot accomplished for myself but i mean it's definitely a part of it so it I'm like, let me establish it for myself, the crew, and this and that. But this is something that everyone should be working. And I've never ever been one that you, I'm gonna shut up. You know, like you get me in the room, you, I'm, I'll get talking. Like you want to learn this shit. I've always been that way. But hey, it ain't easy to necessarily get me in the room. You right. know what I mean? And it wasn't easy for me to get the people that I needed to get into the room to to get that on. You know what I mean? Like Merce didn't walk and knock on my door. Like we had the studio, the homie didn't and needed our studio. Right. So it that was, was like it a was thing. Necessity. That was a move, yeah. It was just necessity. You know what I mean? And um I hope I hope it's like, yo, Mascow, there's so many people who want this product that y'all got in LA that it's just so necessary that that shit needs you to come out here and fucking set it up like like how y'all got it out there and run a bunch of, of line shows. And if that so happens to be something that yo um, I'm known for something like that. It's like it just became what we had to do because our 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 movement and our attention was just getting so much, so much, you know, um, you know, so it was getting carried so many places. Right, you know? right, right. So it became there became a demand for it. Now you just gotta fulfill the supply. Economics 101. All right, man. We've been going for about an hour. Um, I want to give you a hot second to plug links to tickets so I can just do one more thing about the show and then if you still got time down take five take a piss drink some water and then I would like to get you and face because we got face in the studio he's he's been so so chill right there look at him and he's doing work he's doing work yeah. but I was thinking it's rare that I have both of you fools in the room when we're already in podcast mode so maybe we could talk about like stories of New York Europe shit because I think like That'd be tight because y'all were both there, you know? So if you got time, I uh, got time. plug your shows, plug your links, plug all that, and then we'll take a quick five and we'll fucking come back and we'll knock this out with some fun stories about living that hip-hop life. Cool. So January 15th at the Paramount, the historic venue, you got your boy Viva Mezcal rocking with the full band for my one-year anniversary of my album. I'll be rocking the entire album Please come out. Please support, man. It's a big deal. And I really need all my peoples to pull up. It's a Wednesday. I know it's tough. Get a babysitter. Like, trust me. Trust me. I know it's tough, but we got to show up and we got to show out. Get tickets on Eventbrite right now. Um, just search Viva Mescada and I'll pop right up. And I'll uh, put the link in the yeah. description, too. <laughs> and please, I'll see you guys there. It's going to be dope. All right. We're going to take five. We'll be right back. And we're back. Let me get line checks. Check, check. Check, check. check one, two, one, two. All right, check, cool. Check. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought we'd finish this, this segment because I got Face in the studio. Say hi, Face. Hey, how you guys doing? It's and Face. I got <laughs> Viva Mezcal in the studio. Say what's up. Howdy. <laughs> and uh, these guys, you all made some moves in 2019 and before right and uh so i just thought we'd talk about and you kind of touched on this mezcal in some of your other uh interviews about europe 
but well, I'm sounding like I talk, like I listen to a lot. But the one, the dude from LA, shit was dope. And uh, you did talk about Europe, and I know my boy Face was in Europe. So like, yeah, let's talk about Europe. Europe, ha! Huh. It was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Europe was fun. It was madness too. Uh, yeah, I don't know how how, but I yeah, I put some shows together. He had some shows already booked. We got there. We just fucking went ham. You were like filming videos every day. Yeah, we. It was it was fun. It was a crazy experience, and then traveling with your homies that you do music with, and vice versa, fools you do music with that become homies on these trips, and you know it. It was crazy, man. It's a whole other. It's a whole other vibe in Europe, and I I told Face and Bartles too because I came back fresh from the year before all. Oh, this is different. Like, like a newborn, fun. huh? Yeah, like, like you know, eyes wide and shit. shit. Like yeah, yeah. And then you know, you kind of get out there and then to experience it again. You know, with now with the bigger group who hadn't been there, it was like just doing it all over again. You know. And then the decompression after, it's like you gotta like, yeah, you man. gotta evaluate everything for a minute. Come back to <laughs> come back to normal. Um, you're. I mean, we we had already traveled together. We went to New York. Um, what was that the year before? Yeah, Jan- July eight twenty eighteen. July twenty eighteen. We did New York. That was cool. I we we went to the Sway shit and then the LAMC right. And we we DJ uh, DJ Ethos had us perform at his thing. Yeah, we got to perform in Brooklyn, which was dope. The time we went out there. And then this dude got us a, a spot to perform in Barcelona this last time and a spot in Paris just by having the gift of gab face, you know. Yeah, that, right? That's why I roll with this food dog. I'm good for something. I'm good for criminal, something. Baby. So before we knew it, we had a couple of shows and he's like, Yo, we we could rock right here, you know. Don't trip. We got got this. I'm like, Damn, you do a pretty Damn, good face bro. impression, bro. You know. <laughs> Just hands in the pocket and stuff, just looking like. Word. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so you guys feel. I'm shifty. <laughs> so how did uh, how did y'all connect, or is it just like LA hip hop shit? Like, what was like your first fucking memories of each other? First time I saw him rap was the first time I heard somebody else do what I do in a way, not the same way, but sample Latino shit and then spit for real on it, like in your own way. And that was at Katie Jake's. Uh, you did the Scumbia track, I think. Yeah, see, I, it's true. That's all facts. But I'm like, I don't remember a lot that goes on at Katie Jake's. You know I, what just, I, mean? I just, I have that kind of memory. Faded, like, dude. I remember the specifics of a lot of things. And I remember that because I was sitting there with Barlos. And this is when me and Barlos first kind of started working together, like performing um, without, we, there used to be another member of the group without him. And we were just sitting there. We had rocked. I think it was impromptu. We weren't even on the bill. We just rocked because that's how Katie Jakes was. What year was this, though? <sighs> Bro, this was before Mad Max had long hair. Like, <laughs> like yeah, he had long hair, like but it staple. wasn't, like, as long. I don't even know. Actually, you know, I'm going to be it honest. It had to be, like, 2014. Probably around then, yeah, because me and Bartos, we went to New York for the first time and rocked in 2012. And that was so. That was just after Mescal came out with that 2013 right. Because I mean, that's when I met Mad Max. Pretty much after that, and then we were in a crew battle. Neither of our crews won. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah, we were in a crew battle. But I didn't even know you guys because you guys were a completely different group. I didn't know it was the same thing. And then I think we just both followed each other and then just had each other on stuff and just saw each other 
doing the thing and we reconnected at hip hops the first one because i was like this guy's doing something for the east side i wanted all sides represented there because it's so centralized and you know i got verbs from like the lamert side got us from like the mid city side and northeast and then this guy from the east side and it was i mean there was and since then we've pretty much been yeah. you know just working ever since man and it seems like every time you know um I like we got something cooking. We seem to reconnect, like yeah. right on, you know, like those those paths align again. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we even just right now, we're just like, what's up? So scheming huh? we, while I was taking a piss. We about to do this. <laughs> I'm like, really? We about to do this too? Yeah. Well, I mean, we should, we should just do this shit, at the, you know, together. Do it together. <laughs> you know, get it right. I mean, that's that'll be interesting. Maybe maybe we'll get a podcast before that announcement. That'd be dope. Um, but yeah, we Europe. <laughs> so yeah so you had you had already done europe and then both of y'all went together well like facing barlos and the eotr crew went and uh y'all went for a conference right how does right. that work can anybody go you, you just, just have to pay for your ticket you or? just gotta apply and then if they'll they'll book you can go just to attend the conference and then they have a music performance with it so it's like conference slash festival got you um so and you can just open, apply and my bad they, right. they have an open mic too so you if you go and you want to just perform you can do that too yeah and then then you go and you you know you do the seminars and you do all that so you get the education you get to to network you get some info and and i was really i i still am like really hooked on that you know um that's what we ultimately went to new york for was we tied it into going up to a music conference, one of the only Latin American music conferences. So and it's, it's actually like from West Coast artists. That's how Ethos, well, like Mexico West Coast artists, that's how Ethos was involved. And that's how, I mean, I had already had him on the same hip hops you were on. Um, that's how I met Ethos. But then, well, he showed up with J Roz unexpectedly, which was amazing. And then, and we saw him in New York. BPMs yeah, just lining up. up. And in New yeah, York, man. he just happened to be at the same conference. And when we got back from the Sway thing, and I was super feeling myself because I got to rap on Sway, and we just ran into Ethos and connected. And then, like, literally out of nowhere, he's like, You guys want to rock? It was like, We were, we were drunk right after walking like 20 blocks new york was crazy too yeah. bro. see that's <laughs> the a kind lot of, of shit walking. that i feel like that's the kind of shit that, like movie shit right that you'll see a scene and be like it didn't really go down like that like, yeah, what chances, we, you know but that's we, that's, that's fucking hip-hop that's life huh yeah, we man. walked forever that day in the sun too it was hot man new york is disgustingly hot in the summer like it's sweaty yeah that was my first time being there so uh, that was just like you weren't ready for it well it was something else man and just the scale of that city you know how fucking just huge and i've never been overwhelming so yeah it, it's something else you know you hear about it but then when you're there you're like whoa you got to just take a second to kind of soak it in but i didn't get that second it was just non-stop no, no second no, non-stop I mean, I mean, just, he was with me and you know i don't like yeah you don't take breaks <laughs> i don't know how to take breaks man um but it was dope man we just hit the ground running and, I, and i'm gonna be real clear i never even thought about going to music conferences until we were in the studio one day and he talked about New York and I was just like, I could do New York. And Ex he was, exactly like this. Exactly <laughs> how before. Yeah. Like, just just reading off my plans. Oh, I could do like, you know. Yeah, I mean. I got family out there. But, you know, we can stay I mean, right here. I'm just like, you know, right. you got what I need. I got what you need. Let's make it happen. That's it. <laughs> um, a place to stay. 
shit, what's a flight when you have a place to stay for four, five days? Yeah, maybe. man. And but it was comfortable. And, no, and, and, and we honestly, his family was amazing to us, like real, you know, hospitable and and fed us and just it just felt like home. And when, you know, it's rare when you travel somewhere, especially when you've never been there, to kind of get that type of hospitality, that family-like hospitality. Um, so it was hella, hella refreshing. So you didn't feel like a tourist. Yeah, and like, bro. And like, and you were like a stranger in a strange that's land. That's so super rare. Like most <laughs> of the time, that's what you sign up for. You're going to be out on your own and good luck, you know. But the good thing was like Face's family really took care of us. So it was dope. Yeah, they treat, they, they, they treat me like, like one of theirs for sure on that side. I mean. And then like how do you do that in Europe though? Like, oh, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, like he he came for the crazier one too. Like last year, we just did Amsterdam and Rotterdam, which is where the conference. Happens. Yeah, we just did the Netherlands. We stood in a hotel, you know, for about most the whole week we were there. We never did Airbnb, which when you don't have to smell someone else's shit, it's really really a better trip. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you're sharing, share oh no, no, we all had our own oh, hotel room. Uh, so like that, your own bed, your own privacy, your own stuff. We actually that. did that the first year, real like real, like real, real good, proper. Yeah, proper. We're, and we're, then this year we were rugged as fuck, sharing Airbnbs, just being around each other all the time. It was like, a lot more rugged, but sh- but <clears throat> shit, we went like ten, eleven heads deep, like with and the you combined hit, like, crew. More cities, right? That was the yeah, thing. You we hit three we three countries, four what four or five cities, mm-hmm. four cities. We did Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and. Barcelona, Barcelona and, and Paris. Paris. Yeah. And we wanted to do more. It was just, you know, money. Time, money, yeah. resources. I mean, I want, I'm, shit, I want to go back this year and I want to do it bigger. Um, and I think we definitely can. That's the whole point, though, right? Like, he went the first time. It was that one country, those two, probably those two spots, right? Amsterdam right. and Rotterdam. And then the next time he went back and it was Paris and the, what we just mentioned. And then, like, we go back. It should be more, right? That's that's the whole point. Keep on building. Keep yeah. on growing. The yeah. more plugs, why not? If you have the plugs in those cities, why not go to the the other cities and do the same shit you did from the bottom to the top, right? Yeah, I mean, if you just keep going to spots, you know, you're going to build that that rapport with people around there and and the fan base bro i mean my the places i perform the most are the, my most popular spots like you know obviously even when we did this past tour covina was one of our best nights everything did good you know what i mean like it was popping the door did good the bar did good the merch did good every all the all the acts killed everything went went off without a fucking hitch but i'm like well, yeah, Covina, we've been, I've been rocking there since fucking 2012, 2013, you know, yeah. like, like that was one of my first shows out there, you know, doing competitions, going there for whatever. So it's like, there's so much history there with the people who are there, the people who, who are attending and supporting and the other people who are performing, you know, and so it's and, almost like you got to go to Europe and make that history over yeah, there and, and like go do the same groundwork and hit the same spots and shake hands. Yeah, Did like, y'all ever have a moment where y'all looked at each other in Europe and were like, damn, like we're well, doing this shit. Like, this fool, this fool, Mescal, he ingrained this fucking thing in my head. He always turns and looks and says, life's a trip, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, life's a trip. <laughs> and it's like we're on a trip. It's a trip, right? So it's, it's a play on words. Um. I think maybe that first night always too, or like when you, it's funny because when you're, when you're traveling that first night 
it hits you and you're finally there after all the fucking bullshit. Yeah, How many checking hours in and it How was many? an eleven hour flight to get there uh, or whatever. And then eleven me and, and a half. Had Max both didn't have clothes. For oh two, yeah, then two their luggage they gets lost and wow. and our you know, our game plan because we planned on like hitting spots up with our merch and just rapping and like. We we couldn't do that because all our merch was checked back. It, yeah, so you deal with all that, and then but that first night you're together, and you finally get to you know wherever you're gonna be at the Airbnb or you're at a bar and, and hanging, and you're we like, went to that fuck yeah, west west like fucking western style bar right in Paris by Moulin Rouge. That's oh yeah, where we went. that's where yeah, we went. And that's, that's right. I think where like we were all like, oh shit, we're here, dude. This is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> after all the hoopla at the fucking airport. Oh. Yeah, man. It's yeah, wild. but it was dope, man. It was. Su- I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I spent like fifty percent of that trip sick though, because I just wasn't used to the weather change in Spain. It was like super nice, but I have bad allergies and fuck pollen everywhere. And then we went to the Netherlands, and I had like a small cough, but of course, it's yeah. Super the weather's cold like cold, yeah, and like you don't see the sun really. It's like overcast uh, all day, yeah, and yeah. the sun doesn't go down to like. 11 p.m. What? That was the biggest so, like, trip of all of it'll Europe. It'll be 9:30. Oh, you're like super ten, north. Yeah, in the you're so north. Yeah, yeah, that the sun doesn't really, for you know, science, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like the solstice yeah. is yeah, in like, summer dude, still, it just so fucks with you though. Those days are long. It fucks with you, but it's dope. But at the same time, it's like you don't sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're already like, jet lagged. I mean, you're and already, on top of that, the hours aren't the same. You know me, I don't sleep. Barlow slept. I don't know how you slept. All I smoked a good amount of Kush. I mean. Like the weed out there is alright, but it, he just can sleep. But I, I couldn't sleep, and then this fool liked to smoke. It was just like, and I wasn't, like he said, we were being rugged, so we were in the same rooms all yeah. the time. Me and Barlow shared next a bed year, a couple Next year, nights. we're doing 50 50. We're like, I'm gonna, I we're need, gonna I do like, hotel first, first hotel first, and then maybe once, like a couple of days in the Airbnb, be together, and then right before you leave, hotel. Because you need sleep, you need to just have your own space before you go on that long trip home. Yeah. Because that long trip home, if 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 you're uncomfortable the day before, two days before you leave, the you're, the flight's miserable. The flight's miserable. Then you never even hit your bed right. Like so, you get home with traffic. You have to shower. You have to say you know, hi to everyone. You kind of throw your bag there. You eat one good meal, and then you're like dead, right? For like two I was days. sick. Remember, I came back and we went to. What was that? Oh, uh, this motherfucker! You kept it going, huh? Yeah, we went to uh, we went to Chela's. No, is that Chela's? Where? Where? No, the the spot where Subsuelo performs, um, the wine and Kessel spot. What oh, is? Eastside Love. Eastside Love. We did Eastside Love. We went just because it was like their anniversary. I seven think seven years. Seven year shit. anniversary, wow. and I had to show love. I mean, Subsuelo right. showed me love from day one, and I saw that, dude. I remember, year, I remember yeah. you invited. I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna do this." <laughs> and I was like, "I have to show face." There's and as soon no as I come way. in, everyone's happy to see me. I walk. Yeah, it was like a welcome party. It was like yeah. a welcome party. Oh, that's party. awesome, dude. That's dope. awesome, though. That's and then that's they sick. drop a beat, and I like, I'm like, "Oh, loco!" So I like run up to the front, and I just start rapping. And after that, I remember I was like, "Okay." We left right after. Yeah, like I gotta go. I'm done. That was it, bro. But it was amazing. <laughs> like it's, it was super dope. It's brutal to recover from like long trips like that. I learned that last year we only did, you know, seven days, eight days, and it was still brutal. We and did it like was still brutal. This this, year. this time was like 13, 14 days, and Sounds you tight. definitely you feel it. You know what I mean? And all the all the drinking and partying and late nights. 
plus that lifestyle becomes very hard to shake because you yeah. start just relating that like it, yeah. i mean it's fun man it's it's a whole other world because you you're not gonna be somewhere long enough to get the repercussions for any of your fucking you no. know so like the vibe <laughs> like you're just you're just on, you're on 10 on the, the whole time yeah, like because you're, 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 you're like i, gotta, I don't got work i don't got this i don't got that baby. like yeah i like, mean that's what it is you, you just don't give a fuck and and then you come back home and now you're kind you're of like, fuck. How do I be back? normal? Oh, dude. I didn't. I don't think I was until like November. Um, I didn't. But I mean, it, it works for me. I don't sleep, so I don't. I just go ham. Um, that shit is amazing, though. I can't wait to go back. Hopefully, we make some more memories uh, earlier. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be there this year for sure. No, yeah, you're gonna still, be there. Don't I'm don't good. say the word. Try. You're gonna going be, gonna, to I'm be there. I'm still working on uh, new school rules, but I'm hoping to go back. For August for hip hop camp. That that's the so big that, one, right? Yeah, because yeah. I I can't do both. That's the one th- we got invited this year, last year to hip hop camp after, um, going to New School Rules. So hip hop camp's this big uh for for people who don't know, it's this big music festival in the Czech Republic. That when I even first met Mad Max, we were like, what should we do? How do we get on? And you know, we Googled hip hop festivals overseas. You know, in Europe. And like one of the top ones for years has been hip hop camp, and yeah, we're like, we need too, to yeah. go to this. We need to go. If Sixty East went to hip hop camp, and that's where he made all those connections on the East Coast and all that. And that's mm. how he ended up touring and all that. You know, and I know there's more to it. It's not that simple, but that I saw him do that. It's one it of the pathways. Huge, yeah, yeah. Step. It's a piece yeah. of the puzzle. For and sure. it's crazy because um, me and Max like circled that on our on our list of shit. Like this is what we got to do. And 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 paid dues was on there. Although paid dues wasn't active, um, it was like do something like that, you know, like a big festival like paid dues and right, right, hip hop right, right. camp. And then this past time when we went, we met the founder of hip hop camp on the on at a the yacht new school road, at like. New School Rules on this boat party. So we end up having drinks with him, and he hears our music. We show him the stuff, and he's like, "Bro, I would love to book you. So I'll give you, you know." We started working it out. Just get there. You have to get your own flight there, though. And that's kind of the that's thing that houses us back. Like, yeah. damn, we just did this trip and spent a couple racks. It's hard just to bounce right back with no time to work, really, because now we're back in May, June, July, August, August yeah. like to get everything in order. Um, so we had to say no, you know. So this year, I'm hoping to be able to pull both of them off. But if not, you're gonna choose camp. I'm gonna go with camp just because you know it's more of a of a festival festival, you know, like where you're rocking and people are paying to come and see you and fucking. And it's to... like a three day event in the woods, and you just like freaking people camp there in the woods, right? And watch all these you know dope hip hop acts, you know. Sounds tight, actually. Yeah, that's where you want to be at for sure. That's did, dope. Did you go to the club with us? You did. We met at the one in Barcelona, right? Yes. Oh man, she was crazy. Yes. The oh show my was god. Insane. The club was literally on the beach and it was it was so it was You could just walk right off the club and go right into the beach. And Barcelona. And the weather was amazing. Oh yeah. Well I mean it it Barcelona was pretty, yeah. Barcelona's the only other city on earth that gets as much sunshine as Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Oh, really? So so like I didn't know that. Yeah, like so like you Makes can sense. they actually I think they get the most sunshine on the on the earth. Like I think they are the number one, if I'm not mistaken, you know. Maybe that's what the brochure said to gas them up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I, I definitely read that, you know, like because they say that Barcelona is one of the happiest places on earth. Like they have the highest poles. You couldn't tell though by being there 
<laughs> you didn't <laughs> like it, right? I didn't like Barcelona. I'm gonna be completely honest. I liked I liked the spots that we rocked at. I liked the club. I liked the entertainment part, but the and the city, the way it's set up is beautiful. But the people there, they look at you like you're dirt. Like it's, I was just like baffled when I would speak to people in Spanish and they would just look at me like. That's not Spanish. Like what? Like and my Spanish. You guys know my Spanish is pretty good. So it's just like uh, it's true. It's, it's, it's like uh, it's like damn. I don't. I can't hang with y'all. I mean, I know this is Spain, but there's. I mean, the crazy thing is there's a group of Ecuadorians there, and I'm Ecuadorian. There's a group of Peruvians there. It's like but they speak Catalan. Um, they either speak Catalan or they speak Castellano Spanish like perfectly. Like I, I, I grew up on the West Coast and I grew up around you know Central uh, like. Mexicans and Central Americans, so my Spanish is has changed. Um, of course, like if I go to New York, they speak. You heard it, you know. My cousins out there speak different than me, but they're like one more on that Puerto Rican type, Dominican. Yeah, like that Dominican influence, like definitely my, yeah. like more Caribbean. Yeah, exactly, exactly, definitely. And then like you know, if if I lived in Ecuador, I definitely would have. A Spain was point. nice to me. I mean, shit, I, I they weren't. I didn't catch it. Paris was worse. You know what I mean? Paris. I had, loved Paris. I could live there. I y'all, love y'all are playing nah. right now. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like Paris. Like to, I couldn't live there. Fuck no, I couldn't live there. Barcelona. I think I, I heard the Paris there. story. I you can think, live uh, there. You, you talked about it with the dude from LA, right? Like, uh, I mean, you know, like Paris that, like, people, people just stare at you. Not or, from Paris. Well, see, like, they were doing. Oh, no, places. a lot of Parisians aren't from Paris. Yeah, no, that's the whole point. Like they move from different places of Europe. Paris, a lot of a lot of it is like. This almost like LA in a sense. I think where it's like New York and LA, like with the creatives. It's like liberal and shit, but at the same time, there's that underbelly of like purist French people who feel like they're better than other people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the but same way you might find all over Spain. LA people are like that. Like, oh, I'm snobbish and I'm, I'm from LA. I'm from LA. And yeah. da, 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 like, all right, but whatever. From the valley. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So it, you kind of get, you could tell those that vibe in Paris. Um, but you know, it's something about hip hop, bro. Like hip hop just unifies people, and you'll find those like-minded so people. So when you were rocking in the spots where like people heard you or, rap, or we're they taking pictures you, right? and we're doing shit, and people Paris, are like looking, our, like, like, our, damn, these fools are dope, you know, like, or you know, tripping out, like, who are these fools? I you think know? Paris. I think that's why I love Paris so much because the crowd and the reaction, dude. They didn't let us get off stage. Like, I loved it because it didn't matter. Like, I mean, I think that's the truth for me here. It doesn't matter what I look like or how people look at me as soon as I grab the mic and spit like everybody wants me everybody loves me everybody fucked with me and everybody respected hip-hop and that you know that's it's kind of how I came up in LA that's how I made my name um outside of dumb shit you know <laughs> like I made my name in other ways but the the way I got my respect is through the way I moved through hip-hop and I love that about Paris uh Spain was dope but I I I mean, you were more in the streets, and I was more sick during that time. So, like, I was, like, trying to be... It was just... So, maybe even, like, the fact that you were sick had you feel a certain type of way, like, fuck this place. Well, but we I... got there, too, and in our Airbnb, they canceled while we were on the plane to get there. So, when we left... La- it was just a bad experience for me, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm trying to go back, so... <laughs> we're going back. Trust yeah, me. I'm trying we're, to go back. We're going back, and I'll, I will be waiting for it and they'll greet me with open arms because that show no i just it had a good vibe i like that vibe that barcelona had that show was dope we weren't there very long we're there like a two days two days yeah day and a half really and maybe this time around like you'll be more comfortable oh yeah we'll be there like a week watch well i think 
I think yeah that 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 show we did the one I got at the weed shop and I just posted that picture today. Um, that show we did there itself we got offers for other shows and we got connections to other people in that community so definitely definitely spend more time there this year and then also just the way we plotted out the routing of ourselves i think uh i definitely learned a couple lessons and i'm right right be you, smarter about yeah it, you yeah. learn how to travel you know and, the and train. like the do's and don'ts <laughs> and what yeah how you want to book train. stuff well europe you could take a train anywhere right like right it's but it's connected. not always the best you mm. know what i'm saying just because you think that but it's like just take a damn airplane, motherfucker. Don't, well, don't pay extra twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you're going kind of real, you know, a good amount of time, like it's almost the same to fly for real. So, but trains were nice that you could just get on and go and not have to go through the whole process of checking check and my shit's missing and, now. Yeah. So there's there's you know pros and cons either way. They also but you just I learn was better. Like I don't know. They they stopped me at Prince. every yeah. They stopped me at every checkpoint on the planes in Europe. I thought you were Iranian. I do. You gotta like. You gotta get that wispy mustache Bro. like this guy got going on. Yeah, I gotta do the little. Know, dog. <laughs> Um, nah, your man, your it's eyes crazy. are getting a little dark around here. For this yeah, it's because I, you know, it's funny because I've been <laughs> sleeping now. It's weird. I've <laughs> been smoking too, though. Oh yeah, I've been smoking weed and That's doing less of everything else. It's legal. It uh, well, look, when we're in Europe, I felt like man. Ain't no one gonna fuck with us. That's that. That that's the funny part about it is like it, in Europe. Y'all looked lo- hard. <laughs> well, I we're mean, rolling deep as fuck yeah, we too. Were, we were. We, ro- I'm yeah. telling you, like the first time we went, we were kind of deep. You know, like five, six heads. This time, we twelve, up, thirteen, we heads, and met up with other homies. So now we're rolling like those points. We're rolling like seventeen heads deep. Bro. Oh yeah, those fucking. I mean, we look like a fucking like a, a football mob. team, yeah, bro. Yeah, like yeah. a hooligan, like hooligans, like, hooligans yeah, bro. Yeah, like, hooligans. Straight, and then we all in a trip out. Nobody wears LA like caps. Nobody wears baseball caps. Everybody, y'all were so all rocking we all had, LA fitted. Yeah, we had fitted on. So, so the first year I went, I didn't do that. I I I kept my shit low key, like. You're I didn't like, I rock it. I, yeah, I, I wanted to observe more than like be standing out. And then this this second time, I'm like, I'm gonna rock my LA shit. I'm gonna wear more of my East of the River stuff and kind of dress more like I would here in East Los because I wanted to kind of carry the city with me this right, time right, right. and let it speak for me. Since we were going to places like Paris where they don't speak English, you know what I mean? Like, there's more of a of a of a language barrier that I wanted my clothing and kind of like that the, the you vibe your culture. to you speak people to know me. your culture. Yeah, and yeah. About you without having to talk to you really. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, you it, the dope thing is you see Latinos everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like, did you go some places though where they're like never seen a Mexican before, or uh, never seen a never seen Ecuadorian before? Well, I don't think in Paris there was like me- Mexicans and Ecuadorians there, but most people in Paris like, we went to a Mexican bar. But I mean, there weren't that many Mexicans. Yeah. There yeah. Bar. It was a Mexican theme bar, and yeah. I'm like, that was Mexican theme. They had like lucha libres, and they had a bunch the, of what, tequila. The first night? The nah, you guys, I don't think you guys were there yet. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, right. we didn't go to that spot with you then. Nah. And then Matt, then no, Hollow got all mad because there was some fools in the front and he said, what's up to them? And they kind of just dogged them. Then but he got all pissed there. off and he's like, man, fuck these fools. And he's just like, man, he you know, starts taking it personal. He's like, he's, he just looks and he's just like, man, fuck those guys over there. No and I'm shit. like, chill, you know. Everybody like, understands fuck. By yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> he's just like, what? He's like, fuck you guys. Like, you know, he was... He had had enough, you know, and a, a few days in Paris of how, you know, of how they are, bro. Rude with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I you, think I was lucky. You start growing that little extra, like, fuck you, you know. Plus, I mean, dude, we stood on the Muslim side of Paris. That, yeah. We stood in the hood. We, like, 
of of he did as far as Paris goes, like people were like, "Oh shit, you're on that that's side? actually where where it's kind of ghetto because that's where a lot of Muslims the live. immigrants and Im- yeah, yeah immigrants." And I'm like, "Damn, Refugees that's what." And, and you shit. see that's it, where you see he stayed. Because even the markets were kind of fucked up and other stuff. And I'm like, "Damn, this the is, is kind of fucked real, up, huh? dog." Like yeah. I like, stayed. At, it was I think there's there's some kind of uh, African group there for sure. That's where I stayed, and it was. It wasn't nice. You had like Ethiopians. Ethiopians. That's where he was staying. It wasn't. It wasn't nice. But I met this person, um, Lilu, and so when we were in Paris, she took us to like the Parisian spots, and like she was a little bougie. She took. Yeah, it was definitely bougie. Like she took. She she introduced us to like this the biggest like promoter there, um, and she was like, "You guys want France? This is this is France. Like you guys can do all of the southern France with this person," and we were treated like guess so i think that's why i liked it because once we once we linked up on that side it was like once you knew somebody you were good right and that even then that was like the second to last day before we left for like the last night like so it you was were there kind of closer whole time kind of closer yeah. to the end of that's how it goes though you go to summer camp you make all your friends the last two days yeah. you know and then you kind of go home like no that was and that's that, how it was that like, was the day after the show you guys couldn't go because you had something else planned i think you guys had to meet up with the other the other team of, of your side remember right yeah, and then and then, and then we took off to Barcelona the next day. Yeah, oh, and yeah. they stood while we while you took you took off with us. No, yeah, no. But then the when we came back, we kicked it again because so. we rocked that show. What was it? Sunday or Monday? Shit, I don't know, man. See, so, yeah, got... it was like it was a couple of days because we got got there. We were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then flew to Barcelona Tuesday. Then did Tuesday, Wednesday, and flew to Bar and then flew to Amsterdam. Fucking Thursday. Jeez, oh, it, no, was it was amazing, crazy. man. I I, I literally took the train sounds to, dope. Then we Can't took the train to, to Rotterdam, back. checked in, took a train to Amsterdam, rocked the show. The trains got shut off. We oh, had to then take the long train shit. that took three and a half hours, what took us 40 minutes to get and, there. And so we didn't get back to Rotterdam till six in the morning. Girl, then so we instead of going to Anaheim, we, you had to go all the way to San Diego. Bro, then we, and we like, had to get back to Paris. The like it was I know that was Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Dude, that, it was a savage, savage trip, bro. Like not only that, there was like a soccer final or something that had happened in Amsterdam. Amsterdam won, won. The, the, the cup. So all so these crazy fools the were on the train and uh. then I remember at one point Barlos had to like basically talk some like coked my my unk almost knocked this fool out right before we get on the train. And this fool's just coked out, like doing an eight ball in front of everyone oh, yeah, on the train. Yeah, he's just he's just right there going off. Yeah. Then he's smoking a cigarette on, on the, the train, train. Bro, and we're no smoking, so yeah. beat up, tired. And then Everything's like, fucking and he you. has his he has his music on the phone. He's just being obnoxious. And, that's, and then there's like shit. soccer players, like fans, and they're like, "Yeah, bro, can't you just sing our song one time?" And that guy's like, "Nah." Hell no, and I'm like, dude, this is about to get drunk and like, <laughs> like, but he wouldn't give in. Like, they were trying to be cool with them. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it's the you're thing. Cool. They were party, tra- party Amsterdam with us. people, like Rotterdam. I don't know what they're oh, called. No, uh, Nether- the ne- Netherlands people. They're the nicest people in yeah, the world. The and Dutch, but they're Dutch, Dutch but, people. They're but they're super nice. Huge. Like, I was short out there. They're ginormous. Like, people. like, like, I. W- they're so big, and they look like they could just kill you, but they're like the nicest. They'll be like, bro, and they'll pick you up. And you're like, am I okay? And they'll hug you, and then they'll put you down. And you'll be like. Oh, it's love. Okay. They're the nicest people. And this guy just, he was like shorter than all of us, I think. He was kind of stubby. And like he was, he was 
acting a fool. Like I was like, acting I hope, I hope a fool, they knock him out, bro. Like I yeah, I was like, someone choked this fool. Yeah. Then we don't even know we get on that train, and we're like, nah, we'll be home like in an hour or and two. And it's a three. And hour I look in, and it says, no, we won't be back to our where we took off till like six thirty. And at one point, the train went backwards because something oh, happened. Yeah. Remember that? It was crazy. And we get back, and then I can't even remember the address to our Airbnb because my phone died. We have no charger or nothing. Like, yeah, we was, had split, I think, so before we had, you realized So y'all that. left, and then I yeah. had to call you from someone else's phone, and I had sent you the text oh, yeah. of my Airbnb. <laughs> right. And then explaining this to him, I'm like, hey, bro, I need my, need my address to my Airbnb. He's like... What do you mean? My you're gonna come to ours, Pat? I'm like, no, I need my Airbnb now. Wait, like, wait, what the fuck? But I was mean? calling the Uber to get to the fucking Airbnb we got at that time. So I'm doing that, dealing with Barlos and my uncle. Like, yo, call the and then this guy hits me up with that. I I'm need like, my address. Bro. I'm just like, Dude. what the fuck? And then and then after that, after all that, we get back to the to our Airbnb at like 7:30 in the morning. We knock out for like an hour or two mm-hmm. and go to the day one of the conference. In Rotterdam, that starts at nine in the morning. Yeah, I didn't and do that. I don't mean that. I was like, fuck that. Zay, all them, they're like, we got to go first day. I'm like, that's how I was last year. <laughs> like this so year. Y'all enjoy that first day, kids. Y'all yeah, I, I was. I didn't do Let's it. I was later. like, I'll wait, bro. I'm straight. <laughs> I was like, Miss Kyle, you going? He was like, uh, I did that. I was like, all right. I'm, I'm like, stay. they do an opening ceremony. They talk to you. It's real cool and all this, but I'm going to miss that shit because. I'm staying in and knocking out, and then I ended up going like at three o'clock for one of the, because they have dope seminars, you know, and they're specifically right, tailored right. to they certain a, stuff. They have a, so they like, have a, uh, an agenda, know, streaming, yeah, 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 streaming on, at three o'clock, and six o'clock is, you know, um, yeah, different workshops, demos, and, different talks and, and that's shit. what everybody wants to play their demo for for all these ANRs, mm. um, from Universal to Sony to this to that. There's a bunch of foos out there, so we kind of had a reputation from the year before. Then we go and we show up again with more homies from the squad and more homies from L.A. So we had a buzz like, you know, everyone's just like, oh, here comes these L.A. guys. Oh, here comes the OTR. The LA they love the West like, Coast out there, man. They love the West dope, Coast. Man. It was dope. I felt I can't wait to go back. Shit. I know. You're getting me pumped up, dude. I'm All about right. to go check Expedia prices right now and shit. Get yeah. home. Well, uh, we're pretty much at, the, at our time. You know, we got a studio session right now. So cool, uh, cool. this was dope, though. I think I feel like I got way more. And even with that technical difficulty, I, I got the whole combo right here, dog. So we're good. Perfect, man. Um, Thank you for your time, bro. Appreciate the gems and the stories. Congratulations on the album again. And just one more time, the show is the 15th. That's a Wednesday at... At the Paramount, and you can get your tickets on Eventbrite, so go get them. Myself, rocking with the full band. Plus, by the way, barely mentioned it, Val the Wander, co-headlining, and she'll actually... It was supposed to be a surprise, but she'll be rocking some live stuff with with, uh, the, with her uh, Malatonics band, too. So. You heard it here Hello. first, y'all. <laughs> Recognition, respect with the scope. <laughs> uh, yeah, so go get that, man. It's going to be such a fucking dope show, so don't miss it. And thank right. you, bro. Thank you, Sneaky. I appreciate it, dude. Nah, I'm man, glad was I was able to dark. come through. It thank you for dope. letting me drop in. Too. I got to hear, like, I, I told you, like, I, I was listening to stuff and looking for interviews and looking up stuff online. And I didn't feel like there was anything where I can, like, get your whole story, you know? So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do that Joe Rogan epic, like, three hour, get the whole fucking thing. It only ended up being two hours, you know, three hours, a little much. But there's a shitload in this conversation, plus the fucking bonus with Face. That was dope. 
Perfect, man. You're, yeah, and then uh, we'll come back in a couple months or next year. Some before shit. the tour or yeah. before we hit Europe again. But we're, we're putting together a spring tour, so be on the lookout for that. And, you know, having to see face, just happen to see face here. So you might see him on that shit now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I'm dropping a project on uh, Valentine's Day on the 14th. I have a song right now uploaded that's on private. So if anybody wants that link can hear the shit before it goes out face is dropping some shit we're dropping some shit as a crew so there's a lot happening in 2020 man la hip-hop is gonna be popping for sure sick man all right man follow everybody on social media check the description for links to tickets and mezcal social media face social media my social media everything will be out there at official sneaky at sneaky and t at uh rec respect pod uh you want to plug your instagram real quick Viva Mezcal, vivamezcal.com. Go check that out. Face. At face, V-S-I-T. All right. And that was another episode of Recognition and Respect. Peace. Yo, let's talk about recognition and respect While I feast, the label's picking up the check Then I leave to catch my set The audience never forgets When I'm on stage, their serotonin drips With each phrase from my lips Each riff that he rips The sway of the hips While I'm signing the tits